Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. With threats to our nation waiting around every corner, adaptability is more important than ever. When conditions change without notice, quick strategic thinking is crucial. And with obstacles consistently impending, determination is essential in overcoming them. It's this willingness, decisiveness, and resilience that sets Marines apart. With our fighting spirit, we don't just fight battles, we win them. Marines are the constant our nation counts on to fight the unknown. And through adaptable problem solving, we do just that. Learn more at Marines.com. Step into the world of power, loyalty, and luck. I'm going to make him an offer he can't refuse. With family, cannolis, and spins mean everything. Now, you want to get mixed up in the family business. Introducing The Godfather at ChompaCasino.com. Test your luck in the shadowy world of The Godfather slot. Someday, I will call upon you to do a service for me. Play The Godfather now at ChompaCasino.com. Welcome to the family. No purchase necessary. VGW Group. Voidware prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. It's time to take a ride on the Steelers afternoon drive with our co-hosts, Alan Saunders and Zachary Smith. Welcome into another episode of Steelers afternoon drive. I'm Zachary Smith. That is Alan Saunders. So, Alan, what do you want to talk about? The weather was for a team that doesn't make change, for a team that doesn't make changes, the Steelers made a pretty big one. <laughs> they're afraid. They're afraid, Smitty. Didn't you know they're yeah. afraid to make changes? Uh, I think maybe they should have been afraid to make this change because I think everyone is very happy that Matt Canada has been fired, and well, I guess except for Matt. And I'll be honest, like Matt seems like the kind of guy that takes that pretty well. So you know. We'll uh, go to the beach and uh, life won't be so bad. Um, I think that the this is more about like Mike Tomlin came up here and said today that you know I wouldn't do this if I didn't believe that the results will be better. I don't know if I buy that. I think this is more about showing some accountability. Yeah than anything else that you can't just continue to do your job if you are failing that badly at it and it doesn't matter if i think the replacements are going to be better or not that at some point um it is a results business and you have to be made responsible for those results even if the move does not make the team any better and i'll be perfectly honest 
I'm not really sure I see it. Like we we can we'll get into that, I'm sure. But like that's my first. Re- what was your initial sort of reaction? Other than just, I mean, I was surprised. I'm sure you were surprised. Yeah, I, yeah, I thought than- it was really weird timing to do at this point like once we get came into the season with him as the offensive coordinator taking a look at you know who was else there was on the offensive staff I was like okay you're rolling with him for all of this season I didn't think that there was any way that there was going to be a change regardless of how thing bad things got in 2023 um we get to the bye week you know I, I didn't think that there was going to be a change but I would have thought if you were going to that would be the point where you at least have like uh, you know some time to do some different things and that's really to me what it comes down to is you're not going to have like some sweeping changes on the offense or anything at this point in the season like realistically all that you're talking about changing is you know some play sequencing obviously the play call is going to be different and things like that but you can't make some a bunch of overhauls and sweeping changes to an offense at week 12 so yeah i was thrown off by the timing at this point in the season i thought we were going to ride it out with what we had and especially there were those opportunities early in the season there's a bye week there's a place where they had a thursday night game with nine days off afterwards like there seemed to be some times in the schedule early on built in where if they wanted to try something like this they could have but like mm-hmm. you said, there didn't seem to be the personnel. Like, I mean, so Eddie Faulkner will be the offensive coordinator. Mike Sullivan's going to call the offensive plays. I don't really understand how that turns out to be better for these guys. Like, what? Like, there's nothing about the this. This is there's no other team in the NFL right now where the offensive coordinator or the head coach is not going to be regularly calling the plays. Like, that is not a normal arrangement. There's something odd about that. That you know. Mike Tomlin said, oh, it's like when you're replacing Cam Hayward, you don't replace him with one guy. I'm like, no, I don't know. This is usually a job that is taken by one guy. Like, I I don't know how this works. I don't know why they intend to work it this way. I mean, Mike Sullivan, like, okay, was a total failure as an NFL offensive coordinator the first two times. Uh, The first time he was in Tampa, he had Mike Glennon as quarterback. You can kind of write off as like, well, hey, stuff happens. He was 31st in the NFL in offense with Eli Manning. Like, where is this going? I, I don't know. In fact, if you read, like, somebody, I think it was, like, um, it might have been that, like, Adam Steele guy, like, tweeted, like, an article about how, like, the, all of the criticisms of Sullivan's offense in New York, and it's, like, just reads, like, all the bad things that everybody hates about Matt Canada. And furthermore, mm-hmm. like, his job was just his most recent job as quarterbacks coach. Like, how could we say he was doing a good job of that? I mean, look at dude, we've done nothing but talk about all year, all the things that have been wrong with Kenny Pickett's game and why things aren't going better. Like, what how how does that guy get promoted? Now, Eddie Faulkner, I think you can make a very good case, has done the best job of any assistant coach on this team when you look at what he's done with James Conner in the past, what he you know, what he's done with Jalen Warren right now. And obviously Najee Harris was a high draft pick, but you know seems to be doing well enough like he's done a good job and deserves that promotion but what is a running backs coach going to do for Kenny Pickett maybe they're going to run the ball more maybe it's a little bit better for the uh, offense in general I felt like they needed to run the ball more against Cleveland but I don't really see how this changes things for the team on the field like certainly not for this week in Cincinnati if anything it probably harms the game plan for this week in Cincinnati but even in the, the the short term I don't see how this makes things a lot better well, yeah, yeah, and I, I agree with that notion. I think that, you know, Tomlin even touched on it. like this is the first time that he's, you know, had to make this type of move in season like this. And so he's kind of along with have ever else. done it. Ever. Right. First time right. ever. 
So it's like he's kind of playing a wait and see game as well. He's obviously much more invested into how this goes than people on the outside. But for everybody, you know, it's kind of how is this going to work out himself included? Um, for me, I mean, I don't know how you feel about this. I feel like the big beneficiaries are those running backs because of Eddie Faulkner's involvement as the offensive coordinator. I do expect them to lean on the run even more heavily than they have. Just yesterday, we talked about, you know, nine carries for Jalen Warren, 12 total touches. I think that sees a relatively large uptick as soon as this Sunday against Cincinnati. Yeah, I think so. I think Jalen Warren's touches are going to go up. Absolutely. I mean, I think that needs to be the thing that happened. The thing that needed to happen last week that was obvious to everyone and kind of Maybe if that happens last week, we're not here right now, right? Like that's yeah, that's. I mean, you just get them fifteen instead of nine, win the game, and you probably still have your job. Like that, it's really as simple as that. So yeah, I expect that uh, they'll run the ball more. I expect to see more usage of Jalen Warren, and those are things that I think sensible people have been calling for. I'm just not sure, you know. Like I thought generally uh, when I woke up this morning that the Steelers are probably going to win nine or ten games this year. And I don't really feel like I'm, you know, I don't think that moves the needle in that regard one bit. How much do you think, if at all, you know, stock wise, do you put into the player morale, right? Like we've seen Najee Harris talk about it post game. Deontay Johnson's, you know, been pretty frustrated as well. And who knows, guys that aren't voicing their opinions as well, how they feel. Um, you know, does that play into this at all? You know, especially like the timing of this, right? Like this being made. You know, two days after this loss, Najee Harris talks about things that people aren't seeing. Deontay Johnson being outspoken. How much does maybe player morale play into making this move at this time? I'm not sure I'm like, it's morale as much as like players are frustrated because there hasn't seemed to be an answer for the problems. Right. Like if you know what you need to do and you say like you're working on it and, and you know, like we have a plan to attack this and things are going to get better. I think mm -hmm then things become like reasonable. Like it, 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 at a certain point, if you're doing the same thing over and over again, you know, like Mike Tomlin has been so frustrated when we ask him the same questions about his offense every week and he's gotten defensive and, and passive aggressive about the way we ask our questions. Well, that's happening because we're asking the same questions because the same problems are keep coming up week in and week out over and over again. And you know, when you have that, I think that's when – you start to really ask hard questions about what are we doing here and and why isn't it getting better? And I don't think I think when you can't answer those questions, it leads to a frustration from players that Mike Tomlin can't answer to. Like if you know if George Pickens is mad about not getting the ball, but like oh look look at what happened against Green Bay, look what happened against Tennessee. We ran the ball so much better. We won those games. Like sure you didn't your frustration was not met. You know, your, your expectations were not met, but like we did things that we needed to do as a team. I think when you stop being able to answer those questions, then I think that's when that becomes a problem. And certainly, I mean, I don't think you fire a coach because the players are unhappy, but I think it's all just symptoms of the reasons that you fire a coach. Yeah. Yeah, that's a good point. Because I was just saying, obviously, like small picture, we're concerned about how the offense, I mean, it's not like it's looked good, obviously, regardless, but like what it could look like if there is you know, a lower bar that they could be at for the rest of the season. But like big picture, I think why people are, you know, excited about it, including myself, is just knowing that there is for sure going to be a change at that position going into 2024. Like not obviously not knowing what that looks like, but we were talking about the lack of an internal candidate to take over if they fire Canada. Very hard to imagine that the long-term solution is on the staff right now, if that's the case. 
I mean, I don't know. Maybe they come out here and run for 250 yards a game the whole rest of the season. And then Eddie Faulkner is like creating a new a new option offense or something. I don't know. Like we'll leave things open. But yeah, it sure seems like they're going to go outside the organization this offseason and and really at the very least look at the candidates out there and see what they're able to do going forward. And that's probably what needed to happen. Um, well, the last time they did this. So yeah, that, I think that's that's a positive sign. Yeah, I think that those, you know, I think that people have a lot of questions about that process, you know, so I don't know how much you can speak to that as well in terms of like just the Steelers process and how they go about hiring. Obviously, like, is the internal hire more so rewarding people that they feel like have done a good job on the staff, do you think, more than anything else? Yeah, I think it's that. I think it's about like why those people were brought in in the first place. You know, like what like I, I think Matt Canada was always kind of hired as that like potential next offensive coordinator in waiting when uh, he was brought in as quarterbacks coach under Randy Feekner. Things didn't work out with Randy, and you know mm-hmm. they were looking for. And this is really the biggest reason why they should not have come into the season with Matt Canada as offensive coordinator, and why. Like it's not wrong to move on from him because when they were moving on from Randy, they were also moving on from Ben. They were making a break in the organization. They were making a change that mm-hmm. they did not know what was going to happen on the other side. Right. When they fired, when they, well, whatever, didn't renew Randy Figner's contract. They knew they weren't keeping Ben Roethlisberger. They assumed that they were going to go into the season with some kind of journeyman quarterback, right. With a, a guy who ended up being Mitch Trubisky. And they assumed that they were going to have an offense that was going to need to run the ball. At the end of the day, Matt Canada's offenses, no matter where he's been, have always been run first offenses. All of the creative things that got him his attention as a college offense coordinator at Pitt and NC State and Wisconsin were run things. They were not like Pitt didn't you know, beat Clemson because of Nate Peterman. They beat Clemson because of James Conner, right? Like that's that's sort of like what he, he what he was and why those he was good at it. And so you had this idea that you would have a sort of steady vet quarterback and a running offense, and maybe that can be the way forward. They had no idea or anticipation that picking 20th in 2022, they would get the first quarterback in the draft. They did not expect to get Kenny Pickett. And I think when that happened, it fundamentally changed what needed to be the plan going forward for the franchise. Now you have a first round pick quarterback who had the ability to take over as a franchise quarterback someday. And at that point, the focus of the offense needed to be, okay, how do we develop this guy? And it's really hard to develop a quarterback when you have an offensive coordinator that's never done it before, not only at the NFL level, but it's not like he was some kind of quarterback whisperer at the college level either. Jacoby Mm -hmm. Brissett is probably the best quarterback he's ever coached before Kenny Pickett. Like, that's not exactly some kind of track record. And so when things didn't go that well in Kenny Pickett's development, when he didn't start his career looking like this ready-made, you know, prospect that was just going to take, you know, C.J. Stroud the league, you know, like when that didn't happen last year, then it needed to be, they needed to add to that room some way to bring in someone that's done this before. And I really still don't have it, right? And that's why I'm, I'm skeptical that this change is going to lead to big things for the second half of the season or something like that. But that was really the fatal flaw in the whole process is that you're trying to develop a quarterback with someone that's never developed a quarterback before with an offense that is not meant to be a passing offense in the first place. And he didn't have people around him that had done it. Steelers have zero people on their coaching staff that were even a college quarterback. Like, how are they developing Kenny Pickett? And so I I think that's, that was the big problem. 
And at the end of the day, you could really live with a lot of the other things that happened to this offense. The team is six and four. They weren't turning the ball over, even though they weren't dynamic. They had built some things in the running game. But at the end of the day, the lack of development from Kenny Pickett was always going to be the focus once he became the first round pick. And I mean, we broke down that Browns game as bad as he was in that game. It reflects on the offensive coordinator, even if he didn't necessarily call like the worst game. And I don't think he called a good one. Like at some point, you have to be responsible for that lack of growth and development. And, and I think they got to that point with the overall frustration, but that's really the, it all goes back to Kenny and his development and, and lack of, and that's, that's why the Steelers are where they are. Yeah. And you know, the point about bringing in somebody else is kind of why our position was so much different in our minds than the Buffalo bills, you know, who had a guy that they could turn to if things didn't work out with Ken Dorsey and Joe Brady. And that's obviously the route that they chose to go when they saw things in a way with their offense that they didn't like where they were at. But I'm glad you brought up the Kenny Pickett development thing, because now, you know, likely going to have somebody that's not on staff as okay. I won't say likely there's a chance that he's going to have an offensive coordinator. That's not on staff right now in 2024. Does this change how you feel about him at like, is he at a point where you think that that is something that, I don't want to say can happen, but like, does it change the way that you feel about him at all? Is his development already in a bad place because of what he's endured through two seasons? Or can this be, you know, something that he can get out of? Well, I wrote at this site today, SteelersNow.com, that this only changes things for Kenny Pickett for me if it works. Like if it works, if, if somehow he plays so much better the rest of this yeah. year, then Kent, Matt Canada just really, truly was horrifically bad as an offensive coordinator and developer as a quarterback, one of the worst all time, maybe. And great, the Steelers have their quarterback and we move on and, and everybody's happy. I'm not very optimistic about that scenario playing out. I don't know about you. I, I, I think I'm pretty skeptical of that being what happens here. Same, okay. yeah. If that doesn't happen, then all we know about Kenny Pickett is that he failed under a guy that we're pretty sure is not very good. And then under two guys, which no other person has sensically arranged their offense that way ever, one of which failed with a Hall of Famer and Eli Manning, and the other was one-time offensive coordinator at Ball State. Like it doesn't if 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 he if he doesn't do better with these guys as his coordinator, it doesn't mean that he's not good. It just means that you know, like there's not really any reason to suspect that they're better. So there shouldn't be any reason to assume that he will be either. Yeah, I guess that's kind of. I mean, I'm in the same place. I just, I wonder, you know, now this is starting to ask questions about Kenny more so than Canada and stuff, but like, I would never question the mental aspect of, can he take, like, get, take another offense and run it? But I guess that's kind of what I'm asking you is if you feel like that is something that can happen, like, okay, he's learned, he's been in Canada's offense so far through his first 22 games in the NFL. He's going to play in still basically the same system the rest of this season. So once that is done, is he going to be able to transition into a new offense? Yeah, absolutely. I mean, we saw him do it at college, right? I mean, he started in what was Canada's scheme, but being run by Sean Watson at the time. And then he really started to thrive when they made the move to Mark Whipple at offensive coordinator. And so, yeah, I don't really think that, you know, that that would be a problem for him. I think, you know, it's a it's an impossibility for, you know, to do it right now. And honestly, Eddie Faulkner, this is his third coaching stop with Matt Canada. Like he's as the closest mm. thing there is to a Matt Canada disciple as there is well, in this universe. Like the, mm -hmm. it's not like his his offensive principles and the things he's going to try to do these last few weeks are going to be dramatically different than what the Steelers have already done. Well, okay, so is that the 
the hope then, you know, that you're at least going to have the same floor and still the fundamental principle of this offense is going to be running the football and they feel like, okay, the pass game can't possibly be worse than what is that. So we're making this change. I guess that's the hope. Or maybe it was just, you know, Mike Tomlin said, you know, maybe you just know it's time, you know, I think at some point too, like in when you're failing, you know, personalities start to conflict, things happen, people say things, you get to a point where you're just kind of done. Um, I don't think that that necessarily means that like, like clearly Mike Tomlin didn't think out that like, Hey, you know, what? I'm going to fire my offensive coordinator this year, right in between the middle of two divisional road games. <laughs> like, like that, was, that, was, that wasn't the plan. Like we, we know that this was circled on the calendar. We to Thanksgiving. This, there it is. This was very clearly while something that was building for a very long time, a decision that was made fair, like, I'm not minimizing the amount of thought and work and effort that Mike Tomlin put into coming to the decision to fire Mike Canada, but he made that decision in the last 24 hours, period. Like, so like, you know, I don't think it was some sort of grand plan or any, anything like that, that they, you know, I think the decision was more about being done with Matt Canada than it was, than what it was about what happened next. Right. I mean, I personally, I've kind of, if there was something else that Tomlin said about this subject or you wanted to add more thoughts to anything else, I've kind of run out of thoughts on this specific thing. But I know with it being Tomlin Tuesday, a lot of questions were centered around this. I don't know if anything else caught your ear in terms of the Canada stuff or anything else that Tomlin touched on. Well, I guess the one thing is, you know, there was a lot of questions from the fan base, I think, as to whether or not Kenny Pickett should continue oh, yeah. to be starting quarterback. I mean, that was something that was talked about a lot in the aftermath of that Browns game. And I think this very clearly says that the Steelers – do believe that Kenny Pickett will be the starting quarterback for the rest of the year. You don't make this move if you were making any, you know, we talked about it before, right? The two independent variables, like who's screwing it up? Like who's, who's holding who back? Well, if you had any thought in your mind that Matt Canada was being held back by Kenny Pickett instead of the other way around, like you can, you can bench a court, you can unbench a quarterback. You can't unfire a coordinator, right? If the Steelers thought there was any chance that the problem was Kenny and not Matt Canada, we would have got a game with Matt Canada's offensive coordinator and not Kenny Pickett as quarterback, right? If they, if they thought there was any chance. So, I mean, this tells me that the Steelers are fairly entrenched with Kenny Pickett as their starting quarterback and that they're really not going to entertain the idea of someone else being that guy, at least as things stand right now. I think that's pretty significant. Yeah, I do too, for sure. I mean, they clearly have more invested into him being the guy than, you know, their offensive coordinator in Matt Canada willing to make that switch. And I think they should be. I, I Again, this goes back to, you know, the number one answer that they need to come out of this whole thing with is, is Kenny Pickett your franchise quarterback? They feel like they don't have the answer to that and they want somebody else calling plays to see if they can find that answer. Yeah, I mean, like, I, again, I just, I'm skeptical of that happening. I just think they mostly wanted to be done with Matt Canada and we'll figure it out as. Oh, yeah. I'm not even talking about like just this season. <clears throat> I'm just saying removing Matt Canada from the equation to get the answer. Yeah, I mean, I think this basically solidifies them. Like, unless something really weird happens in the next seven weeks, that Kenny Pickett is going to be the starting quarterback week one of 2024 and get a decent chance to show what he can do under a different offensive system. Yeah, yeah. That, that seems pretty preordained at this point. Yeah, I agree. Um, anything else? I want to get into some, like, we, we want to bring up a hypothetical, obviously, with a name that was uh, recently released. But was there anything else to come out of Tom on Tuesday? 
Um, Minka and Mont Adams have a chance to play this week. Sure seems like it's man been a dragging process with Minka, but it yeah. is that way frequently with the hamstring. Um, not announced by Tomlin, but announced when they released the depth chart that Broderick Jones no longer has that or designation with him. It's just him at right tackle and Chooks is the backup. So that feels... I mean, I think something that we all expected, but feels significant. Oh, the other thing interesting Tomlin said about the coordinator issue was that he did not even look at outside candidates. He didn't think that was realistic. I think we talked about that a little bit, but, you know, I think that was um, – Yeah. That's why I asked him about it. It was important for him to say it, that, like, you know, they didn't even really contemplate that at this point in the game. Or – well, I thought, I thought this is what you were going to say, that, like, you know, the players didn't know he made this oh, yeah. decision on his own. Like, you know, so – is, is that again this is the first time that the Steelers have done this but like at least in terms of your knowledge is that something that you typically see happen I'm a little surprised that the players didn't know but not like I mean it explains why the story doesn't get broken until three minutes before the Steelers announce it uh, because the, the players are what caused leaks you know yeah so I, I it sure seems like a decision that was pretty quickly made and then disseminated. It would not surprise me if the final decision on this was not made until this morning. And um, I think that's, you know, like you said, the Steelers are new to this. They don't do this kind of thing. But I think when you're when you're letting someone go, it's fair to just be quick with it and say, "Hey, here's what's happening." what's the you know what's the money ball scene like you're being traded to the Phillies this is the number for Joe Webb call him he's a good guy you know and then <laughs> and then you're done yeah. right like get out of here yeah. like just get it over with there's no reason to drag it out and having to corral whatever 53 plus 16 plus IR guy whatever just 80 players to let them all know doesn't I mean it's the least thing you can do for for Matt is not to, to you know, leave him blowing in the breeze Right. Uh, also, with Broderick Jones being listed as a starter, also Michael Walker listed as a starter next to Elandon Roberts, um, who I thought, you know, it, well, Elandon played great on Sunday, but I thought Walker stepped in and played really well, too, as well as Trenton Thompson on the back end. Tomlin talked about the communication aspect of those things, being impressed with those two. But what did you think about the performance of them on Sunday? Oh, they were incredible. I mean, well, like, given the circumstances, I mean, Elena right. Roberts had one of the best games from a mm-hmm. linebacker that I can ever recall. When you take in, like, the totality of the circumstances, what he did compared to what his previous role had been, playing yeah. so much coverage. He was targeted in coverage, I think, 14 times in that game. I bet that's as many times as he's been targeted all season. Uh, all those tackles, set a career high, fourth most in Steelers history, got all those kids lined up where they, you know, four or five guys new to the lineup. Uh, Michael Walker's first game with the team. I thought Roberts was unbelievable, and Walker looked like a guy who knew what he's doing. I, you know, seems like yeah. they were pretty fortunate. They, you know, people forget they signed him before they had any of these injuries. He got on the practice squad like two mm-hmm. or three weeks before Cole Holcomb got hurt. Like, man, what a what a break that was, or what a I guess maybe we'll call it a, a, a prescient move by Omar to add that kind of veteran depth to that position uh, when it didn't look like they needed it. And then all of a sudden, now they have a whole ton of it because they've got Miles uh, Jack back into the lineup. Uh, he, he's on the practice squad for right now. Going to get probably going to take him a couple weeks to get into shape. Uh, Mike Tomlin kind of dismissed that as, yeah, he's on the practice squad. We'll see. I'm not going to talk about it beyond that. But uh, sure looks like a position that man when we when saw Quan Alexander go down, 
that was, oh, this could be a disaster. Um, now it doesn't look like a disaster. Right. And this was kind of, we weren't sure about the Browns game. We thought we could see Mark Robinson play, you know, as much as Walker ended playing like 84% of the defensive snaps. Mark Robinson playing zero. We thought this Bengals week was probably the week to start looking at that, at Michael Walker as playing a lot, but it comes a week earlier. You mentioned Miles Jack being back as well. Eric Rowe added to the practice squad as well, who could maybe feel, fill some of the void once he gets up to speed in terms of like what you're losing with Keanu Neal being on IR potentially. He's a guy that's been there, done that, played a lot of different positions, worn a lot of different hats in places such as New England and Miami. So something to watch there. But Alan, I want to bring up another name. We keep adding linebackers, right? Oh, also Blake Martinez signed off oh, yeah, the uh, Panthers too. practice going to the 53. I mean, we're just adding linebackers left and right. Should the Steelers look to add another one? Because Shaq Leonard of the Indianapolis Colts, he's going to have to clear waivers, obviously do $6 million rest of the season. That's not going to happen. Will it happen for any team? I, that's a million dollars a game. I don't necessarily see it, but we'll see. But should he clear waivers? Should this be a name that the Steelers are interested in, even with everything that they've added at linebacker recently? Uh, yeah. <laughs> like he's, there we go. I mean, that was this episode of Steelers Afternoon Drive. Thanks for watching. <laughs> he's, he's like a three-time All-Pro. I mean, I understand he had a back injury. He was not very good when he came back from that back injury. But, man, if you get a chance to take a guy like that and add him to your team, especially as thin as the Steelers are right now, absolutely you take him. You know, and then you figure it out. Like, I'd even be okay with giving him a multi-year deal. Like I'd, I'd take him for the rest of this year and next year because you know you want to. You, you, the idea is you hope he works out and then you get him for relatively cheap the following year. I don't know what the Steelers are going to do with Quan Alexander going forward. I know they really liked him. I know mm. he's a great player, but he's not a young guy, and that's the second time he's torn an Achilles. Like, yeah, you know, like, and, and and when you sign a guy like that, like it's one thing to say like, oh, you know can't deal with injury but you get into a situation where you lose your linebacker and it's week 11 and it's really hard to find one and and you know, you hold a spot for a guy and if he's not there because of injury it's tough and so um obviously leonard has his own injury problems but i sure wouldn't mind uh bringing him in take a look and uh it really would not surprise me if the steelers are pretty heavily involved there it wouldn't be crazy to me to see them Land them on waivers. We've seen them do this before where they they get a veteran guy with a big contract, and then all of a sudden a big chunk of that contract goes away. Remember that happened with Allen Robinson too, right, where it was like, oh, my God, he's making all this money. And it's like, oh, no, they 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 reworked that down. And and so, you know, we'll, we'll, we'll see. It wouldn't, wouldn't be insane to me if they claimed them on waivers. Okay. Yeah, I mean, I'm definitely on board with the addition. It's I looked at that linebacker room. You mentioned Quan Alexander, who they liked. Obviously, he was just one year, but Landon is here next year. You got Holcomb coming back uh, again. He still has two years left on his deal. Um, but who even knows how, obviously, like, that was a very devastating injury and expect to make a full recovery, but who knows what his timeline is going to look like even. So, yeah, I'm definitely down to, to add a player like Shaq Leonard to this off-ball linebacker room. Will the Steelers be down? I hope so. Like you said, I think that they will be in the market for sure. What other teams are going to be in the market, though, as well, I think, is the question. Um, anything else in your mind? That's it, I think. Okay. All right. Well, if that's it, Alan, tell the people where they can find you. Ace Anders underscore PGH on Twitter at PGH Steelers Now, SteelersNow.com. Like and subscribe to the YouTube channel. We'll do this again tomorrow. Do this again tomorrow. Uh, like, subscribe, hit that notification bell here. Uh, leave us a comment down below as well. We've been getting a lot. We're, we're going to have to have a day where we just like 
catch up with the comments because obviously it couldn't be today with this news uh, but we've been getting a lot of good stuff that we will definitely make sure that we get to i'm zachary smith pgh for alan saunders and myself thanks for tuning in thanks for jumping in with us to take another ride on the steelers afternoon drive hey it's kaylee cuoco for priceline ready to go to your happy place for a happy price well why didn't you say so just download the priceline app right now and save up to 60 percent on hotels so whether it's cousin kevin's kazoo concert in kansas city go kevin or becky's bachelorette bash in bermuda you never have to miss a trip ever again so download the priceline app today your savings are waiting go to your happy place for a happy price go to your happy price priceline with lucky landslots you can get lucky just about anywhere dearly beloved we are gathered here today to has anyone seen the bride and groom sorry sorry we're here we were getting lucky in the limo and we lost track of time no lucky land casino with cash prizes that add up quicker than a guest registry in that case, I pronounce you lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Daily bonuses are waiting. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. It is Ryan here, and I have a question for you. What do you do when you win? Like, are you a fist pumper? A woohooer, a hand clapper, a high fiver. I kind of like the high five, but if you want to hone in on those winning moves, check out Chumba Casino. At chumbacasino.com, choose from hundreds of social casino style games for your chance to redeem serious cash prizes. There are new game releases weekly, plus free daily bonuses. So don't wait. Start having the most fun ever at chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. DTW, void were prohibited by law. See terms and conditions 18 plus. Judy was boring. Hello. Then Judy discovered chumbacasino.com. It's my little escape. Now Judy's the life of the party. Oh, baby, mama's bringing home the bacon. Whoa, take it easy, Judy. The Chumba life is for everybody. So go to ChumbaCasino.com and play over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. Voidware prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. 